election fraud. You know, the thing that the mainstream media and big tech says doesn't exist? We must keep going. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Many of you are sitting here because you're wanting to know what the plan is. This has to be peaceful! We have the right to peacefully assemble! Ask God if you should step into the gap and become a part of the plan. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. If you're waiting for others to do the work for you, you're going to be waiting a long time. Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Oltman. We, um, we got quite a bit to actually talk about today. Today we're going to talk about more election fraud. And we're going to have Jeff O'Donnell on. We're trying to get him squared away right now. He is on. Let's just go ahead and bring him in. Jeff, welcome to the show. Hi, hi Joe. Pleasure as always. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing okay. This is very busy, as you can imagine. Uh, a lot of moving parts right now. There is a lot of moving parts. Well, for those that don't know you, why don't you tell everyone who you are, even though I think that's nearly impossible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm... I'm a, I've been working with software and hardware and database and systems for about 40 years. Uh, worked for companies such as Rockwell and Westinghouse and a bunch of, bunch of other fun places. Uh, and in the last uh, year or so, like a lot of other people, I felt the calling to use my skills to try to figure out what the heck happened in the 2020 election. And here I am. And so you, you've done a, quite a few anal, uh, different analysis across the board, and some more information came up about what happened in Georgia. So just give us a quick synopsis of that specifically. And, and by the way, um, we should probably talk about um, this guy, Eli Bremer, who said that he, went to, he took a statistics class and, a, and understands <laughs> he he understands statistics and sampling. Is do they use sampling or statistics in order to count votes? Uh, as far as I know, you just uh, count votes like uh, one and then a two, and then probably a three. Uh, are, are you sure? Because yeah, I mean, he yeah, says well, that you know, Joe, forty years experience. You count one, two, three, four. I don't think there's a sampling involved. Uh, and, and you know you are you hardly ever have to divide, and unless you're Edison Research, you don't have to subtract. So uh, it's pretty simple, actually. Well, I'm a little concerned because that's that's not what he's saying. He, what he's saying is is that he can disprove all of these graphs that you've created by uh, talking about the fact that he took a statistics class and he doesn't show his work as you've shown your work, but we should just trust him. And, and by the way, we're the rhinos. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where to begin there. Uh, it, to me, the, the, more, the more you look at the response, uh, especially over the last few weeks or months, 
you know, they, they've run out of excuses. You know, they've, they've got this big wheel that they spin, the wheel of excuses, I think, you know, that have things like water main break and, uh, uh, you, know, you know, time drift. And I think they've used up all the spaces on their wheel of excuses now, and they're just making stuff up now, uh, like, you know, without focus grouping it. Well, I mean, I think that that just shows a, a quite a bit of panic. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this up if I can. This is a one. Uh, actually, no. Let's let's not put that up. We're not gonna talk about that yet. We're gonna talk about um, the in person. So if we can go to B one, B one, Mr. Producer. So, so in this, Fulton County claimed fifty nine thousand one hundred and forty three people voted on election day in person, but the data does not support that. This is an article by the Gateway Pundit. And if we go to to B two, Jeff, what am I looking at here? Uh, what you're looking at, uh, quite simply, is a list of uh, different uh, counties. Uh, well, actually, uh, it's labeled counties. But I don't think it is. <laughs> you're looking at a list of a list of election day votes uh, that were received uh, and reported, and they simply don't match up. Uh, different statements made during the election uh, on election day about how many. Uh, how many actual people had shown up to vote in person. Uh, and none of the numbers match up. Uh, you see the number there, 59,143. Uh, however, earlier in the day, they had reported, I think this is a little uh, for, over 14 or 18,000, but point is a lot less than that. And it's simply not considered by, by many, including me, probable that that many extra people could have arrived in the few hours left. Uh, there were statements made even back on the day of the election, I remember, where uh, Brad Rassenberger came forward and announced vote totals, and they were obviously wrong. Uh, it's, it's, it's a mess, Joe, and, and like, like almost everywhere else, you know, let me just simplify it. Uh, if, you have a, uh, if you have a company or corporation and you get your books audited and your numbers don't match, you're in big trouble. And... Not only here, uh, in so many places, so many places around the country, when you try to reconcile the number of votes uh, in, in, in any kind of different way, they don't match up. Uh, totals on different different official sites don't match up. And this, this is just an egregious, uh, extremely big example of what we're seeing here. And the concerning thing is that many people believe that there was uh, a dump of, uh, of votes uh, the night of the election uh, in in Fulton, we've all seen the videos, uh, and and lo and behold, there's a bunch of votes here that the numbers just do not make sense in terms of what was reported before. The number seems way too big. So, and this happened within a two-hour period of time. Is that correct? I mean, I think that if if I understand it correctly, that they they were asked at five o'clock and they said fourteen thousand people had voted in person, approximately, and that it turned into fifty-nine thousand people within the two hours after that. Yeah, according to the to the article, uh, uh, whose whose author uh, I, I, I do respect uh, and would tend to, uh, you know, give him a lot of credence uh, on that. So. And, and, yeah, yeah. I mean, and 
they would have had to like uh, had people coming in down the roof or something, you know. Uh, and and so this says in the article, I'd like to spotlight the analysis was produced by David Cross and his team. Mr. Cross found that using the Georgia Secretary of State's own result page, they claim to have fifty nine thousand one hundred forty three in person votes on November third, twenty twenty. You can watch the segment when I did on Mr. Cross on the video above. We'll play that video as well. But on November third, twenty twenty, the Fulton County Board of Registration and Elections called a special meeting to discuss the election less far in the live streaming meeting that is available here. Fulton County Interim Elections Chief Dwight Brower said that as of 5 p.m., about 14,152 people had cast a ballot in Fulton County at 1642 mark. Dr. Kathleen Ruth asked Dwight Brower to confirm the number at 14,152. At 1728, BRE member Mark Wingate again for a third time asked Dwight Brower to confirm the 14,152 ballots have been cast in person on election day thus far. And again, he confirms with Ralph Jones, the registration chief, also present on the call. So the, the, it's, it's kind of hard to look at this and go, there's nothing to see here. And Mr. Producer, do we, do we have that, that video? Um, we don't. Let me get it real quick. Okay. Go ahead, Jeff. It, uh, yeah, 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 Joe. And I actually, I actually remember this seeing uh one of the the part of that on election day or or maybe re rebroadcast uh, that night uh and i also seem to remember and this is this is relying on my memory but i seem to remember him being asked about it maybe weeks or or something that later and him saying that he misspoke but that means that he misspoke like several times uh and uh uh, again, you know, when this is the safest and most secure election in American history, and they they can't even make the numbers match up, uh, you got a problem. <laughs> As we all well know, this is just more of the same. Okay, so what's why, Jeff? Wh why why is it that every time we bring up something new? And by the way, there's there's over ten thousand, fifteen thousand incidents, separate incidents. Not counting the report you did in Mesa County, the three reports, excuse me, that were done in Mesa County, not counting the information that was collected in uh, Antrim County, not counting the information that was collected in New Hampshire, Nevada, uh, Arizona, Colorado. We have evidence everywhere. I mean, all over the place we have evidence. So, so why, why do they get away with, in the mainstream media, saying nothing to see here? And you're a conspiracy theorist, and I'm a conspiracy theorist, and we're all conspiracy theorists, but Eli Bremer and his, and his statistics and, and, and uh, sampling, that's right. That's absolutely right. Yeah, nothing to see here. Why? Do you want my, you want my honest answer, Joe? Yeah, yeah. Because there's very serious penalties for treason in this country, and nobody wants to go down for it. What's the what's the consequence again? I can't remember. Uh, I, think, I don't know. I, I think it, it's dead. They, they <laughs> lock you in a tower. Or at least used to do that. I, I don't know. Um, but of course, these people are scrambling now. Of course, they are. The, the, I mean, I, I I totally understand. If I if I had if I had committed the kind of crimes these people committed, or or helped in the cover up of the kind of crimes these people helped the cover up to, I'd be scrambling like crazy too. The, uh, uh, I mean, we have more than enough evidence. I mean, I mean, I, I went into this. I think you know. I went into this trying to be very objective, uh, especially at the beginning. Uh, you know, when I first looked at the Mesa image, I, I always tell the story that I didn't expect to find anything really because I thought, you know, even though I thought there was big problems with the election, 
I, I didn't think that they'd be brazen enough to leave evidence sitting on a server somewhere in the middle of Colorado. Uh, and, 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 you know, step by step, you know, it's, it's difficult to remain objective uh, when you keep seeing the, uh, you know, the dead bodies laying around the room. Uh, and, and, and you and I have both seen too many uh, dead bodies, well, you know, <laughs> to use a metaphor, uh, in this particular thing. And they know we know, and they know that we know that they know, one of those kind of things. So now it's just this, this game of cat and mouse. They're now, you know, they're on the defense now, which is a good thing, because now, now it's us pushing the ball forward and, and, and them trying to hang on and trying to run various clocks off. But let me tell you this, you know, there is no clock on the kind of crimes these people have committed. Yeah, September 3rd is going to be the biggest mass bonfire since Nero burned down Rome. However, we have still managed to acquire so much data in the interim, and we're still getting more daily, Joe. We're getting data from a lot of counties uh, that, that you know, at this point, we just have to say it is what it is. I mean, if we can stop them by injunction and stuff from destroying stuff, we should. Uh, but we have the evidence we need. Everything else we get is just basically piling on at this point. It's the point we need to get. We need to convince the judges in this country that they need to do their job and they can't carry the water and, and just try to, you know, the status quo isn't very quo anymore, I guess is one way of putting it. And, and you know, judges have to, have to understand that, that they're the ones that are going to have to step in and end this mess if it's going to be ended in a rational, civil manner, which we all want. So we, we, we have, we, and again, I'm glad you said that we have all the evidence, but the media is not writing about it. I had a, a conversation with a Politico uh, um, news person this morning, and I asked her, I go, hey, listen, can I ask you a question? She goes, yeah, have you looked into election fraud? She goes, no, not really. <laughs> so, so I said, hey, do you mind if I send you a book of things? I'm going to send her a book of 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 all the information i've been collecting it and going through and categorizing it all by state and by evidence and hey here's this evidence and here's what they said about it and here's the videos and here so i put it all in this in this catalog it's it's taken an immense amount of time and i'm not i don't think i'm 20 percent of the way through it but I, but i asked her if she if she had looked into the fraud and she said she admitted no and i said well if i send it to you will you look into it will you commit to look into it and she couldn't really even answer that question. She finally did and said, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll take a look at it. It's not even, Jeff, it, 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 it's the conspiracy here is that they know that the fraud exists. You could tell by the conversation that you're having with her. I could tell that she knows unequivocally that the election fraud is massive. But to admit that would admit to all the other things that are illegitimate that have happened in our country, including now, is the recession. They are, uh, they're tied at the hip to the left in this country. They're programmed to believe and parrot everything the left says. They do not fact check anything coming out of uh, the, the, the Democrat side or, or even the, uh, the rhino side. I do not want to uh, forget them in all of this. Uh, they haven't, you know, they, they've been told their agenda. Uh, I'm frankly surprised 
you know, I, I was alive. I, I was a teenager during Watergate. Yeah. And even though I have my own personal feelings about them, Woodward and Bernstein had to use a lot of, had to have a lot of courage to break that story because there was a lot of resistance in the media uh, to break it for, for various reasons. Uh, and, and it took them actually breaking the story before anybody else talked to it. Where are our Woodward and Bernstein today? Where's the person that wants to win six Pulitzer Prizes? Because I'll guarantee you, you go with this story, you're gonna win them. You might as well clear the space on your, uh, on your counter now because they're gonna be there. Uh, and, and, you know, what, what, sometimes I wonder what hold uh, they have. Is there no journalistic ethics anymore? Has that been, I know, I know, you know, journalism schools teach you to, you know, to walk the left path. I, I'm aware of that. But these people still are presumably thinking, rational human beings who should be able to look at a situation and make their own decision about it rather than be given their opinion, which is what's happening now. So we, we look at we, we look at holistically all the things that we're dealing with 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 this election fraud and you talk about journalists. Jeff, I, I know that we've talked about this before, but there's a journalist in particular that is that is is holding out on quitting quitting their job. And the reason being is because they called me and said, Joe, I can't unsee it. I can't unsee it now that I've seen it. And so I said, Well, why don't you report on it? And their comment was, I can't. It would be suicide. They literally said, it will be suicide. Suicide to speak the truth. Imagine that. There could be some good people there who would really, as you're saying, who would like to tell the story. But they're too afraid to do it. And I wish I knew the, the quick and easy solution to, you know, unfortunately, last time I checked, I'm not able to grant anyone uh, asylum or protection. Uh, uh, I keep checking every day, but so far nobody's told me I can do that. But, uh, you know, we have we have laws in this country protecting, uh, protecting our First Amendment, uh, which, of course, are being, you know, cramped upon daily. But we do, and those 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 apply to the press. A free press is is a requirement for a republic like we have. Uh, you know, so I'd be the last one to say. You know, I, I think our current yes, I, I I will agree with our president. Say it's the enemy of the people right now. We we need an active, engaged, fair press for this whole country to work right. And how we get from here where we we do not have that to there where we do, I have to admit, uh, I don't know. It's going to take good people in that field to step up and and take uh, you know and, and and take charge and say, "Damn the torpedoes!" If we don't have a free press and the press on the outside is talking about it and the press on the inside is talking about conspiracy theories and, you know, we can't, that, that nothing to see here. And, but it's not just the Democrats, Jeff. It's the Republicans as well. Absolutely. They're standing, Absolutely. They're standing face to face, parroting the same lie. So have we been infiltrated in every, at every angle? I mean, what, what's, what's your theory on why they're not talking about it? I mean, I want to know why Tucker Carlson's not talking about it. I want to know why Hannity's not talking about it. The evidence is so clear. Why? I think it's a combination of fear 
and, and it's, and I think I think it's actual fear of perhaps being harmed or loved ones being harmed, and also fear. You know, you know, it's it's kind of funny. It's a thing that the more the more money you make, the more afraid you are somebody's going to take it away from you, which is which is kind of funny uh, when you think about it. But uh, and I think that. You know, I I don't want to cast aspersions on these people. I don't know. I don't know Tucker Carlson. I don't know Sean Ann. Uh, but I I think it has to be for you know it playing in their mind that uh, if they go against the the you know I'll, I'll use the term uniparty because it you know it, it fits and the veil has been torn away from this uniparty. Now we can see it for what it is. Uh, that that they may never work in this town again, as the uh, as the phrase goes. And they lose their lucrative contracts, and they lose their endorsements, and you know all that kind of thing. Now, uh, you know, I, I I think I know you well enough, Joe, and I think probably you know me well enough to say uh, I would not uh, particularly care about that if it means doing the right thing and saving the country. Uh, well, uh, I would hope. I wish other people had the same feelings that we do. Uh, tired of feeling like someone's always watching on the internet. Maybe advertisers know a little too much about you. IP Vanish is a solution for you. You can use IP Vanish on your your computer, tablets, phones. You can use it on multiple devices at the same time without sacrificing speed. Um, there, for you. And and here's the thing: it 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 blocks advertisers, hackers, um, your ISP, third parties from getting access to information to you. Uh, blocks people from getting access to your passwords. All the data is encrypted. And for our listeners, you can get 70% off their yearly plan for listeners with 30-day money-back guarantees. It's like getting nine months for free. It's super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button. A disclaimer, if you are using things, True Social, you have to turn off the VPN. If you are using things like uh, vMix, uh, Chevy apps, or things like that. So there are some things that does need a dedicated IP, um, and it recognizes that. So just keep that in mind. So go to ipvanish.com daily, use promo code daily, and save your 70% off. Um, I have a question for you, Jeff. Do you think there's some sort of issue with our ability to communicate with the youth to encourage them to take this as more of a fearful thing than their fear of losing their job or social media? Because it seems like the people we're trying to fight against have a much better understanding of how to communicate to the younger generations. That's very good. And, of course, this again, we're getting into how wide-ranging our problems are and how connected they are. Uh, the left controls our schools, our our, our government schools, uh, and and the left controls our our colleges, um, and that's that's not a new thing. Uh, it's been happening for a long time. So, our, 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 yeah, of course they can communicate better for the youth because they are establishing the uh, the lines of communication to them. You know, one way, or you know, one way from the leftist paradigm. Uh, at, at, at a very early age, because you know, frankly, you know, the only way I can say that you know, we, we you know, as parents, uh, you know, yeah, we, we kind of maybe dropped the ball collectively on that. But at the same time, we're trying to do our jobs and put food on the table and make a good life for these kids. And we have trusted uh, for too long our educational institutions that they're going to give them a fair and uh, and an accurate view of history and current events and things like that, and I think now we're all aware, all aware that's not happening. So when these when these kids graduate from you know school or whatever, uh, they're going to gravitate to the message that they're used to hearing when they were in school. So yes, I completely agree with you. We have to find a better way to reach the youth uh, of our country because 
uh, on on that all depends. Uh, you know, Ronald Reagan said we, we were one generation away from the extinguishing of our freedom and uh, our republic. Well, and Jeff, that, and, and he was entirely right. Well, Jeff, let's work the problem really quick. We we need to reach our youth. Let's say we need to reach our youth. The youth as a whole. When I was a kid, I was a rebel. I wanted to go against the status quo. There was there's this friction that gets created that you're full of uh, piss and vinegar. You just want to have an effect on the on the community and on the country. You stand together and you fight. And there's this there's this resistance that gets created. Well, if we work the problem, isn't there a way that we can get in front of the youth? I mean, I know that that uh, Turning Point USA is trying to do it. But aren't they trying to do it by using some sort of uh, intellectual argument? And aren't most of our youth not really inter- interested maybe in the, the intellectual argument as much as they are the substance of what the outcome will be? I mean, isn't, isn't that the point? I, yeah. I mean, I think, and I think you're hitting me on the head. You know, our youth are, you know, when, when you're when you're young, uh, you're reaching out for a place in, in the world and where you fit in it, and where you know where a spot that you can actually maybe move a little bit of it. Uh, and and I think one of the many ironic things about it is that, you know, if if a if a young person wants to take on, uh, you know, take on the establishment, then there are, then they should be on our side. You know, if, if we were if we were doing this in the '60s show, they'd have written folk songs about us already. Uh, and and uh, and somehow this has gotten turned on its head. Uh, that that uh, you know, and, and a lot of us just they, they don't know the fact that when when they're parroting uh, these, these liberal uh, you know catchphrases and following right along with it and, and, and going along with all these social experiments, they are they're 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 funneling right into the mainstream. They're funneling right into the establishment, and and if we can, you know, if we can somehow light a fire in these youth, I understand, you know, you know when, when when I was young, you know, it, you know, question everything was was one of the watchwords, question everything, and now it's suddenly become you will question nothing, you will listen and believe everything we say. Uh, we need to reignite, I think, the spark that's already there in every young person. Every young person uh, wants to. Uh, wants to learn you know they want to learn and they want to they want to make a difference and uh you know they, they're right now like i said they're just they're going right down the path uh of of the establishment and and we need to convince them of that i think we have some very very good people who have that same uh, interest in reaching our youth i think we need to all support them wholeheartedly and do whatever we can uh to help them Turning Point's one of Yeah, I think Turning Point's doing an excellent job. I just, and I, and I don't want to criticize their efforts. Matter of fact, I don't want to criticize anybody's efforts inside the movement. Uh, you know, I, I see that ego, even, even, when you, even when you say something about something, someone that may be absolutely true, I'm just not sure it has any greater good. So I'm not going to do that. But I, but I think that we have to start appealing to the, the rebel rouser side of it and saying, you're being lied to. And letting them and I think rise up through it. The universities, sorry, sorry, Joe. I think the Go universities ahead. are the probably best uh, best starting point for that. Uh, and it, and it comes down to you know, and again, this this may get a little wide ranger than than you wanted, but uh, for some reason, uh, people 
who have a more conservative bent, who, who believe like we do, uh, aren't tending to go into teaching at that level uh, as much as uh, the the liberal side. Uh, and, I, and I think that, that, you know, people should, you know, people have the ability to, uh, uh, to get into education uh, that, that have the more, you know, America <laughs> uh, patriotic thing. That, that, that going and teaching uh, could be a patriotic duty, uh, even if it's even if it's uh, a part-time teaching uh, thing. You can get in there, and uh, you can start deprogramming some of these uh, uh, these young minds from the from from what they've been you know they've been indoctrinated to. Just my opinion. So, remember, I want to take you back if we can, and then I'm I'm going to kind of talk about the the consequences of the election. I'd, I'd like to get your thoughts on it um, because the. The election has had immense consequences. Like falsifying an election, stealing the voice of the American people has immense consequences for the people in America. But I want to take you back to the reports that were written, the Mason County reports one, two, and three. And I, I specifically want to go to the part where Dan Rubenstein was asked what expert they used inside to analyze the third report specifically. Um, Jeff, who did they use as their expert? Uh, they asked Dominion. So they and they didn't even say they who at Dominion. They just said they used Dominion. They asked Dominion. Yeah, they they asked Dominion uh, to look at our report and uh, uh, you know give them uh, an explanation. And did they and, give them an explanation? Uh, I think that what you saw in the uh, in the presentation that was made and the report that came, I see you probably see the word for word explanation. Time drift. Was yeah, one of time them. drift. Yeah, time, time drift on the minute commands that don't exist. And uh, two minutes and forty three seconds. I don't know who discussed the, the missing two minutes and forty three seconds uh, during the second uh, manipulation of that of, of missing video that they explained because Everybody kept entirely uh, moveless, move you know, you know, stationary, not moving for, for two minutes and 43 seconds. Meanwhile, while somebody, if, if, they're, if you can believe their side of the story, somebody at least had to be typing the keyboard. Uh, it, it makes no sense. I don't know if I, you know, I, I put in a request to the Nixon Library to see if they might have that missing two minutes and 43 seconds. I haven't heard back from them yet. Uh, but. We'll see. Uh, that's a joke for us old guys. Sorry. Yeah, uh, uh, I got it. I, I got it, and I'm, uh, and I'm just barely younger than you. Yeah, well, not many. <laughs> not many people are older than me. Anyway, uh, the uh, uh, yeah. So you know, the, it was just a word for word parroting. Uh, it, it, it boggles my mind uh, that they wouldn't have even brought a technical person to help give their rebuttal. This is a highly technical report with highly technical details that, that drill down to commands and, and times down to the second of when things happen, and they bring up two politicians to try to debunk it. Uh, in speaking words that were written by somebody else, obviously, and, and, and ideas that were given to them by somebody else. It's, it's just amazing. My, that, that might go down as one of the low points in this whole thing for me when it's all over, uh, because it... You know, they think we're stupid, Joe. You know that. They, they think we are stupid. And, and I really hope they're not right. 
Um, I want to bring your attention to something that, that, that was brought up, and this is in Wisconsin. And obviously, we know that uh, the justice for the Supreme Court of Wisconsin, uh, Michael Gableman, did a analysis of the election fraud in, in Wisconsin. But just today, this actually happened. A Wisconsin judge said Thursday that a Republican-ordered taxpayer-funded investigation of the 2020 election found, quote-unquote, absolutely no evidence of election fraud, but did reveal contempt for the state's open record law by Assembly Speaker Robin Voss and former state Supreme Court justice he hired. Jeff, how could a judge say that there's absolutely no evidence of election fraud when the amount of election fraud that was uncovered in Wisconsin was both from a paper trail, a video trail, everything else was so substantial. They either completely ignored everything, put his hands over his ears and his eyes and, and ignored everything, uh, or he is saying things that aren't so. Uh, the Reagan and the <laughs> in there. Uh, uh, that, that is, uh, the, the statement is, is just so wrong on so many levels and I can this is something that I can actually speak to because I've been helping people in Wisconsin since uh, I think October at least November of 2021 uh, some of the some of the evidence that they're talking about I I found uh, so when they're saying when he's saying that there's no evidence that's that's actually kind of a personal slap at me I've testified twice for Janelle Branson's uh, House Committee. I've written numerous reports there. I've been working with their data people, very good data people, by the way, who have been doing the, the lion's share of work there. And, and uh, you know, it's like, you know, I, I've, I've actually, I've seen a tiger in my life, and, and it's like somebody telling me that there are no tigers. Well, there are no tigers. I, I want to tell you right now, there are no tigers. Tigers don't exist. Figment of your imagination in the Matrix. Have you ever really touched a tiger by the tail? Well, no, I've not touched a tiger by the tail. Uh, <laughs> you're right. It's been a holographic projection, I guess. It could have been especially it's, it's just ridiculous. And, and you know, we sit here and we try to ascribe logic. And we try to figure out reason to something which has no logic and no reason. Uh, and that is part of our problem, trying to explain and trying to rebut. I know that's you know it, that's why they stole that big lie from us. The the, the phrase you know saying that, that ours is the big lie, which of course uh, the the opposite is is one hundred percent true. That everything these people say about the election, I, I haven't heard uh, a. a uh, I haven't heard anybody working in a, in a in a government position say anything true, uh, with the exception of maybe as you said, you know, Gableman and Ramson and a couple of very good people, that has said anything true in months uh, or a year uh, about the election. Everything that comes out of their mouth about this election is opposite of what is actually true. Uh, and and you know, I, I got to give them credit. That is the you know they they studied their history. And they understand that in you know in, in history that is the way to do it. Uh, you 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 simply you project everything you're doing on the other person, and you simply 
deny, deny, deny every single thing, and and you know, and you just keep that story up, and eventually people will start believing it. And uh, they, like I said, they study their history. They're running the playbook, but we know the playbook too. Uh, and and it's getting it's getting really hard. You know, we come on these shows, and we try to make we try to make excuses for these people as to why they're saying these and, and lying things that they're saying. And and at some point, you just have to say, they're "Sorry, these bad people." Yeah, they are really these bad, are bad people. people. And and they're. Yeah. And they're on both sides, and and the the amount of and so so I always somebody somebody asked me a question. They go, Joe, how do we know you're telling the truth and they're lying? And I go, well, look at the outcome. Look at the motive of outcome. Look at the motive of outcome. You know, what's the benefit of me having to resign from my company, divest, get sued, have people come to my house with guns? There's nobody going to their house with guns. There's no one going after them, right? <laughs> no, no, there, there is absolutely not. You're, you're absolutely right about that. Uh, and, and also, uh, we're the only ones. You know, we're, we're presenting mountains of data and evidence, uh, mountains and mountains of data and evidence everywhere, uh, and, and they simply uh, their, their, their refutation of our mountains of evidence is to say, well, it's baseless. Yeah, they, they, they don't uh, present anything. They don't try to get scientific or mathematical. They they just say, oh, that's that's been disproven. And and the left and the I right both they, do it. It's all based on emotion. They do. They do. I, mean, I mean, you started this whole thing talking about Georgia, and there's there's no better example uh, of, of, you know, of corruption on both sides. Holding hands, leading us into the pit is Georgia. Uh, Georgia, you know, you, they could not have pulled this thing off without uh, without the, the, the assistance or at least uh, cover of Kemp and Rassenberger, two Republicans, you know, and they got re you know, the you know, Rassenberger got really you know, renominated in the primary by a big margin of course, because that's that's how things go now. Um, it's it's uh, it, it's a ridiculous uh, situation. All right, so I'm gonna put this up. This is a a um uh, diagram, graph, in El Paso County, and this is for Trump and Biden. Tell me what I'm looking at, Jeff, because when I saw this, I went, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I am so happy to be able to explain this. It looks kind of uh, complicated, but, but let me try to break it down for you. Uh, these are almost all absentee, meaning mail-in ballots that came in in El Paso County in the 2020 election. Right. Now, now, the reason the, little, the, the, the blue nightmare below that is is simply showing you that in each kind of block of votes, what precincts were represented in those votes. The reason I include that is to show that when you look at that as a mathematical mind, you can look at that blue and understanding that that is an overtime precinct distribution. Would you agree, Mr. Ullman, that that represents a fairly random distribution of precincts over the course of the election? Yeah. Okay, so therefore, the votes coming in should follow what's called the law of large numbers, which, which yes. is used for things like coin flips to yes. determine if you put a coin 500 times, you know, what's, what's the, uh, the highest and lowest uh, percentage you could possibly have that has entailed. So this would apply. So what you're seeing here is from the beginning to the end, you're seeing the ratio 
is how we do things. You basically divide the number of, of Trump votes by the number of Biden votes at any point from the beginning to the end of the election. So this is a replay of the election. This, this is what you get, by the way, from a cast vote record, which we've been moving heaven and earth to get from every county we can because of what you're about to see. Although right. now they're going to know, but was. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so this is a replay of the election. And you can see that it starts out uh, very, very uh, Biden-heavy. The 60 means that uh, uh, the ratio of Trump to Biden was, was less than 100. It was only 60%. So it was, you know, it was approaching two to one Biden as a way to put it, okay? And then rises at an almost uh, mathematically straight level up to finish up at, uh, with, a, with a Trump actually winning the uh, county. Now, let me tell you what the red cone is. I ran several hundred thousand uh, random elections. Right. Of, of 300 to 500,000 votes. And had it keep track of what the variant, the variance at any point, like how much above. Let's, let's say you had a 50-50 election, uh, so so you know the coin flip kind of thing. And at any point, how high above 50-50 or how low above 50-50 it could possibly be, given all these hundreds of thousands of iterations. And right. what you're seeing there is that red cone is where that line, where the blue line, should be. So instead, you see that instead you have a, a, a rise. And I want to say, well, we see this all over the country, Joe. This is not just this county. This is the pattern that we're seeing everywhere. I've referred to it as the fingerprint of fraud. But nevertheless, so you see this coming up. It should be able to be described. You know, and if it was a little out of the red, I would certainly be like, sure, there can be some minor variations in math. You know, this is so egregiously out of what the norm should be for this. Uh, that, that to anyone with the, with, a, with a math, or hopefully that I've just described it, you can understand that there is no way that this is, uh, that this was actually how the votes came in from real people. So what, and, and, and really what this is saying, and, and feel free to correct me, Joe, if you think I'm, I'm going overboard, there was an early dump of pro-Biden votes, which pushed that down. Yeah. To push that ratio down. Once those votes are made, the ratio is going to race back to where, as close to where it should be, you know, organically with the people actually voting right. as possible. So we saw this in Mesa. This actually seeing it in Mesa was what pointed out the fact that we needed to look for this everywhere because the manipulations in Mesa caused this effect. And uh, so, so thank you, uh, Mason County and, and Tina Peters, for being the uh, Rosetta Stone that has enabled us to find fraud all over the country. But what you're seeing there, you know, it is, and again, I mean, again, you, you, you have a, a great scientific mathematical mind, Joe. Do you see a problem with that methodology? Uh, it's a huge problem with that methodology because it's the probability. I mean, and, and this is where you get to probability, right? The probability of that happening, you have a better chance of getting hit on the 80th floor of a building in a car accident by a Mack truck than you do of that actually happening naturally. And for that, for that to naturally occur, not just in one county, but in counties across the nation, would be impossible. You'd have to be on the 50,000th floor and get hit by an ant and it kill you. And people don't understand the so, mathematical yeah. improbabilities. They just don't understand it. 
And I got to give a little shout out to Draza Smith also because uh, she's been, very, you know, she's been integral in us figuring that whole thing out. Integral. Well, we got a bunch of other things to talk about, and I know you got a bunch of work to do, but I'll give you the last word. But I want to thank you, Jeff. Dude, I, I tell you this every time I talk to you. Thank you for being a courageous, uh, ethical, moral, God-fearing man. I just want to say that you know the work that you've done is absolutely it, – it's, it, it's hard to put – it's hard to quantify the effect and in, in the, in the work that you've been able to put together. So thank you very much. Well, thank you, too. I mean, I feel the same way about you. I'm just doing this so my grandchildren have a country. Uh, and everything just follows, follows logically from there. Plus the fact that uh, if I wasn't doing this, I think God would be very mad. God would be very mad at me. So I don't want that to happen either. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, the things you pointed out uh, today, I, I think, are, are... If I had to say one thing, I just, you know, as I would say, this is happening everywhere. We have, we have a, there's a battlefront on every state in almost every county. Uh, and I run into people who think that they're so, they're so laser beamed on their local problem in their county uh, or even in their state uh, that they can feel a little bit alone, especially if they don't think anybody else cares about this. But I think you've got to get a mindset that this is a national problem being fought by people. You are not alone. And you're being fought by people all over the country. And, you know, a victory in one state is a victory in all states. So even if things aren't going the way you think they should be right now in your particular county or state, uh, you know, use, use, use this progress that is being made a lot of other places to, to give you that, uh, you know, that impetus to keep going. Because uh, when this turns around, it's going to turn around for all of us. It's not like we're just going to fix this in one state. When the House of Cards comes down, will save the whole country. And everyone's effort is is uh, is certainly not wasted by any any stretch of the imagination. So thank you everybody who's working hard. Hey God bless you, Jeff. We'll we'll talk again and I will see you at the symposium on the twentieth and twenty first of August. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. God bless you, Jeff. Take care. So we, we have a lot of other things that I want to go through with you, but I wanted you to understand that Jeff is a sensible guy. He l literally is probably one of the, you know, he's not a guy that ever stepped out and said, I wanted to get any recognition for this. He's been sort of quiet um, on the sidelines and talking about his, his personal um, capabilities until he was forced out again by the radical left and then they started attacking him viciously the only problem is jeff doesn't have any skeletons in his closet so they've been just taking shots at him for being a conspiracy theorist another one of the radical left and the uniparty's way of making it seem like nothing to see here now i, I want to report something if we can mr producer if we put this up a1 we are now officially in a uh Recession, second quarter GDP comes at a negative 0.9%. U.S. officials enter Biden recession. The, and let me just give you a little bit on this. Joe Biden on Monday straight up denied the U.S. is going to recession. We're not going to be in a recession in my view. 
Um, Biden said, rallying off talking points that the U.S. is going to go up from a rapid growth to steady growth. The GDP shrank by 1.6 percent in the first quarter of 2022. The Atlanta Federal Reserve announced earlier this month, second quarter of 2022, saw a GDP of minus 2.1, the historic definition of an economic recession, two quarters of negative economic growth. Um, so we're definitely in a recession. And then as you go, recent indicators, however, the spending retreated to an April to June period. Uh, real uh, after inflation, personal consumption expenditures declined 0.1 in May after increasing just 0.2 in the first quarter. In fact, real spending fell in three of the first five months this year, a product of inflation during running the hottest pace in more than 40 years. Um, this is a big. This is a big issue. So we we saw what it happened when we start talking about the Dow. We have a uh, video that I want to play. Mr. Producer, play play a three, please. June and Edward Lawrence is going to have it. Uh, it is uh, the GDP for the second quarter, and this is the first reading, which will get revised. Edward Lawrence has the number. Yeah, this is a negative number for the second uh, quarter. First reading, 0.9%. It's decreased 0.9%. So then again, the first quarter estimate, final estimate, was 1.6% decrease. Now we have a first estimate of the second quarter decrease of 0.9%. So if you look at the common definition of a recession, that is a recession for the first half of this year going back. Now, the Federal Reserve Chairman even said yesterday, you have to take this with a grain of salt. He said it's going to be revised. But you can still look at the trend that is there. Atlanta Fed GDP now said the estimate would be a little worse than this. It came in a little bit better, but again, still a negative number going forward. Now, the decrease in real GDP reflected private sector inventory investment and re uh, residential fixed investment, federal spending, state and local government spending, and non-residential fixed investment that were partly offset with increases from exports and personal consumption expenditures. Uh, imports were subtracted from that calculation there again. So we are going to hear from the uh, president later on today about the economy. We're going to hear from the Treasury Secretary in a rare news conference as she's going to have uh, later on today. But again, we have now two negative quarters, uh, the second one estimate uh, of negative GDP growth. And that is a common definition of a recession. Maria? So in, in order to, to fight inflation, so I want to I tell you what man-made recessions look like. And, and I've talked to a couple of economists, and, I, and, I, and they say, hey, you know, the reason why you raise rates is to stop stagflation and inflation because it will actually start resetting the supply-demand uh, matrix. And I was like, okay, well, that makes a lot of sense. Um, tell me why the Fed, again yesterday, um, uh, hiked rates by another 0.75%. I want you to know that the housing market has come to a screeching halt. Interest rates are between 5 and 6%. Getting a home now, they're priced out of the market. Now, we saw the biggest increase in home values that we've seen in nearly um, three decades uh, happen in nearly two years. So if you take three decades and you take in two years, you saw pricing increases happen really quickly, doubling in some areas around the country. Um, but now people can't buy homes. So the housing market is, is near, nearly coming to a halt. New home builders are still out there building. They're still getting um, access to raw materials. Those raw material prices have come down. But now no one is lining up to buy these homes. So I know that they want to stop inflation. They want to stop that from happening. But inflation, if you want to look backwards, we have to include in that the fact that the Fed is printing money at a record pace. For the first time in nearly, I think, two decades, the dollar and the euro are on par. 
I think the euro was 0.99 to $1 for the first time in three or four decades. Mr. Producer, check that and make sure I'm right on that. Um, but, but in this, the Federal Reserve, for the second consecutive 0.75 percentage rate increase, taking the benchmark rate to a range of 2.25 to 2.5. Uh, Chair Jerome Powell said there will be a point where Fed starts to slow hikes to assess their impact. We actually uh, think we need a period of growth below potential in order to create some slack. Um, that is words for, I wonder if it's working, that we're destroying the economy. Uh, 1.02 United States dollars is worth one euro currently. Oh, I'm sorry? 1.02. Yeah. So that, that hasn't happened, I think, in 30 or 40, 30 years, 20 years, 25 years, to have that, uh, the dollar so close to the euro. So Dems, Phil uh, Kirpin said, Dems will, quote, unquote, fight inflation by raising taxes on businesses who will in turn raise prices. That, I mean, I don't, let me say that again. We're going to raise taxes on businesses in order to have them raise prices to, to curb inflation. This is how ignorant and stupid these people are. They create negative after negative after negative, hoping that that actually turns into a positive. <sighs> For too long, and, and here, here's something we should, we should also talk about that, that I think is important to talk about is that we're, we're, we're seeing them concentrate on things as we look at the economy in whole. And this is where I, I, I get to that place where I go, listen, we don't want, I don't want to make it so hard to understand that you can't see the writing on the wall of what the radical left is trying to do, which is destroy our country. So the, the way they're actually trying to fight inflation is by doing a bunch of things all at once. Now, let me just tell you what that bunch of things entail. They want to have a 15% corporate minimum tax. They want to do prescription drug pricing reform. So let's, let's this by the way, is this is how they fight inflation. I want you to understand this is how the Democrats are gonna fight inflation. They want to increase IRS tax enforcement. I'm not kidding. This is how they're fighting inflation. I want, I, want to, I want you to ask how this fights inflation. Now, over here, they say we have to fight inflation. We're going to raise what the average American has to pay for anything. Anything. We're going to raise interest rates. We're going to stop the housing market. We're going to cause mass amounts of, of layoffs. We're going to do all of that over here. And over here... Let me tell you what we're going to do to the American people after they're already suffering over here. By the way, if you want to lower energy prices, open the Keystone Pipeline. And for those of you that are listening that are tied to, to um, Chevron or any of those, the Supreme Court ruling against the EPA deballed organizations across the country, like regulatory organizations, and said you don't have the authority. So in essence, transatlantic can actually go and restart the Keystone Pipeline and tell the Biden administration to go fly a kite. They could. Now, they haven't, but they, they technically could based upon that ruling by the Supreme Court. But on top of all this stuff that's happening over here, here's their plan. Ready? 15% minimum tax for corporate tax. Prescription drug pricing reform. Because that's the most important thing to everyone right now is let's help the Let's help the pharmaceutical companies. Increase IRX, IRS tax enforcement. This is going to curb inflation. 
This next one will get you. Ready? Increase spending. Spend $369 billion on energy security and climate change. That's going to curb inflation. We're going to spend $369 billion. We're going to give our friends billions of dollars. And then we want to spend another $64 billion on Obamacare, giving that money to the healthcare organizations and Big Pharma. You want me to replay that for you? <laughs> we're going to give... We're good. we got time. We're going to give money to green energy. Remember, the Green New Bill couldn't go... The Build Back Better couldn't happen because Manchin stepped in the way. I want to go back to that. Mr. Producer put up A7. Too long, the reconciliation debate in Washington has been defined by how it can help advance Democrats' political agenda called Build Back Better, Manchin said in a statement on Wednesday. In reference to the massive spending bill President Joe Biden has been seeking until it was derailed by Manchin's own lack of support last year. Build Back Better is dead, Manchin said today, and instead we have an opportunity to make our country stronger by bringing Americans together. How do you bring Americans together by taxing businesses, raising interest rates, destroying the housing market, killing everybody's 401k, opening the border, letting drugs flow in here any way they want, stealing the voice of the American people, telling them to sit down and shut up on both sides of the aisle. Please tell me how that happens. I'll wait. It's unbelievable. After many months of negotiations, we have finalized legislative text that will invest approximately $300 billion in deficit reduction and $369.75 billion in energy security and climate change programs over the next 10 years, Manchin, Mankin and Schumer said in a joint statement on Wednesday. The investment will be fully paid for by closing tax loopholes on wealthy individuals and corporations. Guys, the average American pays 52% tax. You and your husband or wife don't even represent a full person in the amount of money you're able to keep to raise your family. Education expenses have gone through the roof. They've nearly tripled in the last decade. Tripled. And in the last 25 years, it's gone up, up nearly, what, 1,000, 1,200, 1,500%? They're going to have $300 billion in deficit reduction and then spend an additional $369 billion in energy security and climate change programs. I, I don't, I can't even begin to talk about how ludicrously stupid the leadership in this country is. Not partially dumb, not maybe just a little bit of inept, ineptitude, but absolutely stupid, borderline retarded. You say, oh, you can't use that word. Yes, I can. Because that's what you would have to be in order to do what you've done to the American people over the last... 17 months? It took 17 months to destroy everything that was going forward in a, in a hot ball of fire, doing really well. 17 months to destroy it. 17 months. And these people don't care. I mean, Nancy Pelosi, she can make $100 million on a deal because she walks into a, an oversight committee meeting and decides there's going to be billions of dollars put out there in subsidies for this organization. So she's going to go ahead and buy that stock, has an uh, increase of 10, 20, 30%, puts in her pocket another 30, 40 million dollars, walks away and says, eh, I get to do that. Now, we can't have that. Now, on the average, 39% of your 401k goes in the toilet. 
What are you really concerned with is really what it comes down to. We're out of time. I, I wanted to put up more and I wanted to go through more, but we are out of time. We got to talk about the fact that they are lying about election fraud again. Election fraud is the problem in our country. Machines are the problem in our country. Mail-in ballots are the problem in our country. Yes, mulling does happen all over the place, but if you didn't have mail-in ballots, you wouldn't have that problem. People would have to show up. They'd have to vote. That's why they want to get rid of IDs. Get rid of IDs. People can walk in, say that I'm George Washington, put me on the voter rolls, and you get to vote. Open up the borders, create chaos. There's opportunity and chaos. They are stealing the voice of the American people because they want to enslave you. And now, inside of inflation, inflation, while the poorest among us are becoming dirt poor, dying, and crime is spiking everywhere, and people's opportunities are being diminished almost overnight, they want to tell you that the way that they solve this is to spend more money on green energy and to tax you to death and to make more regulatory authority in the IRS so they can come and be a pet tax bib into your community and steal everything that you've worked for for decades. I mean, think about that's the outcome. That is what they're doing right now. That's their, that's their idea of doing more for you. They're going to solve the inflation problem by stealing from you to give it to government bureaucrats and leaders that have a free-for-all in insider trading. If you're not pissed, I have no idea how to make you pissed. But you should be pissed. So often we're willing to accept people that are sitting at a table that Jesus would flip over if it was in the temple. Just accept it as it is. Now, we're no longer going to accept it. I'm going to bring it back to this. The doctrine of the lesser magistrates, you need to read it. Voting machines like Dominion are designed to steal your voice. As we said here before, the only way that we actually get anywhere is if you become an ambassador of truth and you start sharing the message. You start doing your part. You can't do your part, then how do you expect everyone else to do their part? If you expect everyone else to solve the problem, at the beginning of the new introduction, it goes through a bunch of things. And one of the things it says, if you're waiting for somebody else to do the work, you'll be waiting a long time because you are actually the solution. You. So think about that. Let's pray, shall we? I'm going to pray for one of our listeners, by the way, whose mom took a fall, if we can. And uh, 78 years old, fell, hurt herself, and now is in a, in a pretty bad state. So I'm going to, Dale, will say a little prayer for your mom as well. Father God, <sighs> quiet our hearts, Father. Quiet our minds. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity we have to stand together. Thank you for the opportunity to have people like Matt Truella, who had the foresight and the wisdom and your urgings to write a book called The Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates. Thank you for those people that you woke up long before you woke up many of us for them to be able to set the stage on what would come if we did not listen. Father, forgive us for ignoring those, those warnings, not heeding those warnings, not looking into what was happening to our children. Forgive us for letting them take you out of our communities and out of our society. Forgive us for allowing leaders to do the things that they have done collectively in order to hurt the people in our country and around the world. Forgive us for not being curious, Father, 
for not being curious of the things that we've done as a nation to other nations under the color of war. Forgive us, Father, for allowing, for being complacent in the behavior of our leaders and for allowing them to do such harm to not just the people in our country, but to other countries around the world. Forgive us, Father. And now that we've woken up, Father, I would just ask that you be on our hearts and our minds, that you give us stamina and wisdom, that you give us the strength and courage to walk forward, to walk forward on the path that you want us on. Father, please help us to set aside our egos, set aside our, any hubris that we may have, any pride. Allow us to take the beatings by the radical left and those that say that they stand on our side who are standing in, con in controlled opposition positions. Help us to ignore their lies, Father. Help us to call them out for what they are. Help us to walk the path that you will have us on regardless of the hits we may take from the side. But Father, I would just ask you to, to put it on our hearts to operate collectively if it is your will that what they do to one of us, they do to all of us. And that we collectively stand together in a place of peace but understanding that sometimes we do have to yield the sword. Father, I would ask you to soften the hearts of those people who are journalists. Give them lion's courage to speak truth and to stop ignoring the things that are happening in their communities. Father, I would, I would ask you to get in and, and eradicate the evil spirits that, that consume those that are misguided and to lift the veil for them so they can see truth and then give them the courage in that truth to act in that truth, to reconcile the things that they've said and done and to get on a path of restoration, Father. Father, I would ask a special blessing on Dale's mom. 78 years old, took a fall. I would just ask you to heal her, Father. I would ask you to be with the family, to give Dale strength, to be able to provide for them emotionally and financially that they may, they may be protected, Father. Help them to be, stay strong in their faith and to turn to you when they need guidance and support. Father, I would ask a special blessing on all of our leaders that they may turn away from the evil that they are following and may return to the community and listen to what the people need and what they want. I would ask you to become an obstruction, Father, to the things that they are trying to do in order to steal more of the American people's hard-earned resources. I would ask you to help those to, that we can stand up to these evil people in our society and help us to have a voice that we can call them what they are and that more people can wake up understanding what we face and that we could have unity not just in this country but around the world in different countries to stand up to the evil that has literally consolidated itself across the globe. I would ask you to break that consolidation, Father, and to put us in a place where we can win as, as, as a people, regardless of color, regardless of, of religion, regardless of anything that could divide us singularly, I would just ask you that we unite in the idea that we're Americans and we reject the idea of those things that would cause harm to our communities like Marxism and, and, and communism. Father, I ask all of these things boldly in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. A little longer prayer today. 
I'll see you guys tonight. Tonight is going to be, a, a, I want you to share this. This is what's going to be tonight. Ready? We're going to have General Flynn, Joe Flynn, Patrick Byrne on tonight. And if you don't like them, I'm sorry. I stand with unity. I want to have a conversation about what we've seen. We're not always going to agree. But I'm going to accept those that are putting their muskets down, down, down range, and we're going to have a conversation on how we save this country. Until then, God bless you all. Have a great day. Remember to walk the path God put you on. I'll see you soon. God bless you. If you want to watch Conservative Daily Podcast, we go live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time and 4 p.m. Mountain Time. You can find us live at conservative-daily.com, on Rumble, on Frank's Beach, where we go live on Lindell TV 2 at those same times, on DLive, and now on Odyssey. You can also find our episodes at brighteon.com. Make sure you also check out the link in the description to go to the Brighteon store and prepare you and your family with the awesome storable food and other products that they have there. You can find us on the audio edition at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible, and everywhere else. Make sure you go and give us a five-star review and be that ambassador of truth. Share this episode with everyone who needs to hear it. Text the word FREEDOM to 89517 and we'll shoot you a text message when we're about to go live. Check out the description for our link to the daily newsletter so you get access to the fax blasts. We want to thank you for being a listener of Conservative Daily Podcast as we pursue truth and fight to restore our nation. We will continue to provide you with the most important information that the mainstream media will not show you. Now at conservative-daily.com, you have the option to become a member with us. Each membership option varies in access and discounts in regards to the ability to interact with the daily fax blasts, monthly savings, access to extra content, and interactions with the hosts and guests of the show. Go to conservative-daily.com and become a member right now for as little as $10 a month. Make sure you check out social media and find us everywhere at Conservative Daily and at Joel Oltman. We'll see you next time on Conservative Daily Podcast. It's time to do the hard work. Let's take our country back, patriots. God bless America.